Hello, friends. Welcome to Resting Church Face, a podcast. I am your host, Amanda Allen, and this is episode 35, and this is part two of our summer book roundup. So sit back, relax, get a popsicle, because I think this week may really be the last week of summer before fall arrives. And let's get started. Okay, so this is part two of our summer book roundup. But before we get into the books, I just have a few housekeeping items to talk about. One, remember that on Saturday, I'm going to be releasing an episode, which will be an in-depth discussion of our first book club pick, which is Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. So if you have read the book, or if you are planning on reading the book, I would love to have you tune in. Now, there will be some spoilers, so if you want to wait until you have read the book, you might want to do that. Um... And then if you want to join our book club, this would be a perfect time to kind of listen to it and find out what it's about. I will also be release, uh, announcing our second book club choice, and I think you guys are really going to like it. And I do give you a hint as to what it could be in the middle of this episode, so make sure you listen to that. Um, and then I also want to talk about some of the things that I have learned, as I mentioned in the last episode, about doing a book club, the things I will do and will not do this next time around. So make sure you tune in on Saturday. And then secondly, I would like to preemptively apologize. If you hear some crunching noises, smashing noises, plastic smushy sounds, that's because, especially at the beginning of this episode, my cat and Shirley decided to play with everything in my house while I was trying to record this episode. So I'm really sorry. She got a second wind suddenly out of nowhere. Um, So that is what that sound is. And I apologize. Okay, let's get into the books. Book number seven in July was a really quick read. I think I read it in a few hours. It's called Charnel House by Graham Masterson. So Graham Masterson has written a whole bunch of horror novels, and I don't think I've read any other ones. This was the first one I've read. It was written in 1978. It's set in the 70s. And honestly, it feels like one of those pulp horror movies that came out in the 70s. You know what I'm talking about? Like the really, they're all weirdly yellow tinted. (laughs) And I'm thinking of movies like Harvest Home or uh, The Entity or even somewhat, and I think it's a little earlier than that, but like Rosemary's Baby. It kind of has that same feel to it. And it's about an exterminator who lives in San Francisco in the 70s. And one day this old man comes to his office and he tells him that he needs an extermination at his house. And so the exterminator asks him, you know, is it is it rats? Is it bugs? And he says, no, my house is breathing. I can hear my house breathing. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And the old man says, I can hear my house breathing. I need you to come and exterminate whatever is inside my house that is breathing. So the exterminator goes to his house just to humor him. And yep, it turns out there is a Native American demon that is living in this old man's attic. And if that sounds dumb to you, it is. (laughs) It is so silly. But it's Also weirdly enjoyable because, again, it just reminds me of those movies that used to scare me when I was a little girl. Um, And it has that same kind of a just vibe to it. But 
if it's kind of interesting, there are little interesting moments. Like there is a Native American medicine man that they get in touch with who comes to try to exercise the demon. And there are some interesting plot points, but it really, really feels like it was written in the 70s. I mean, a lot of the language, a lot of the thoughts towards women, <laughs> that's a little iffy. But if you, you know, remember those kind of movies it, in kind of like that nostalgic pulp horror campy kind of a feel, then this is a book I think you'll enjoy. So the next book is one that I actually talked about in the rereadables episode, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it here, but it is The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charlie Maxey. This is technically a children's book, but I think it's one of those books that really just transcends all ages, and I think everyone would really enjoy it. It's not hugely plot-driven. It's about a little boy who makes friends with a mole, a fox, and a horse. And just the ways that they are kind to each other and the things that they say to each other. And it has a lot of quotable sentences and paragraphs that I would like to print out and put around my house. And it really reminds me a little bit of the original book, Winnie the Pooh, which makes me tear up. I don't know what it is about my age. Like that kind of stuff makes me cry. So does anything to do with Mr. Rogers. But it just has that kind of a feel to it where it just reminds you of childhood and the innocence and the things that maybe you wish someone had said to you. So I think it's important to pass those thoughts along. And I think it's just a book that everybody should read. And I think everybody really would enjoy it. The next book was The Girls Who Disappeared by Claire Douglas. I mentioned a few episodes ago that I had just discovered Claire Douglas. I'm really enjoying her books. She is a mystery writer from the United Kingdom, and she just does such a good job of writing a really well-done mystery. And this one is no exception. It is about a group of girls in 1998. I think that's when it's set at the beginning. And they are going out together for kind of a girls' night and on their way to where they're destination is they get into a terrible car accident and when the girl that is driving the car wakes up she's knocked unconscious she realizes that she is the only one still in the car and she is pinned she can't get out of the car and at first she thinks maybe her friends were thrown from the car but then she realizes that all their stuff is still there and it's obvious that they were actually taken from the car and then it flashes forward 25 years, and it's still an unsolved mystery. Nobody knows what happened to those girls. And the girl that was the sole, seemingly the sole survivor of the accident is still living in the town, but she's kind of become a recluse. She lives with her mother. And then a journalist decides that she would like to be the one that could solve this mystery. So she travels to this small town, kind of sets up camp, and she begins to interview all of the people involved. And then, of course, you know, it becomes a thriller because there is somebody that knows what happened and they don't want her to find out what happened. And I really liked this book because there are so many red herrings that it reminded me a little bit of an Agatha Christie story where you think it's going one way or you think that you figured out who the bad guy is and then it takes a sharp left. And there's a good twist at the end. Claire Douglas, almost every book I've read by her so far has a pretty good twist that is sometimes pretty subtle, but always well executed. So if you like just a good mystery thriller, this one is great. Um, the Girls Who Disappeared by Claire Douglas. Book number 10 in July was a bit of a disappointment for me. It was The It Girl by Ruth Ware. I have read a lot of Ruth Ware's books, and I've pretty much, I think I've enjoyed all of them. And Ruth Ware is is a different kind of mystery author. She is also from England. 
But she's kind of made a name for herself in that she will write a story that is sort of an homage to a very famous book or type of writing. So she's had one that um, kind of was a send-up of her version of The Turn of the Screw. She's also had one that was very similar to the feel of And Then There Were None. And this one, I think was supposed to be her tribute to Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. And while Rebecca is a fantastic book, and if you haven't read it, you should. It is a classic for a reason. This book just falls flat. And I think it it falls flat for a couple different reasons. But let's just get into the plot. It is about a girl named Hannah who is a freshman at Oxford, and she is very insecure because she has a middle-class background, and most everybody else at Oxford either comes from very wealthy families or they are extremely, extremely smart, which Hannah is, but again, she's very insecure. And when she gets to her dorm, she realizes that her roommate that they have paired her with, her name is April, is extremely rich. And she reminds me a lot of kind of the the way that we perceived Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton in the early 2000s, you know, they were famous for just being rich. <laughs> they didn't really do anything. And this character is a lot like that. She's, she's kind of flighty and kind of ditzy, but she's not extreme. She's not dumb, but she is devious. And so she becomes friends with April, but she is also very jealous of April. And, April kind of gets anything she wants, including the guy that Hannah really likes. And then, of course, you know, it flips 10 years into the future, and you find out that now uh, Hannah is married to the guy that April was dating that she had liked 10 years ago. She's now married to him. And you find out that April was murdered 10 years ago while they were all at Oxford. And that Hannah is the one that found the body, and she also is the one who saw who she thinks was the murderer, who was a porter at the college, leaving their room right before she found April's body. So she is the one whose testimony sent this man to prison. And then 10 years later, somebody comes and tells her that they think that she was wrong, that they put the wrong man in jail. And so now she starts second-guessing everything. So... I think the homage to Rebecca comes into play where it's it's very similar in the, you know, in Rebecca, there's a girl that is married to this man who had a first wife named Rebecca, and she always feels like she's in competition with his first wife. And so in this story, Hannah always kind of feels like she is in competition with the memory of April. And so I think that's really the only similarity that I feel is is pretty evident. But the problem with this book is really honestly it's way too long i think we could have cut probably 10 15 chapters in the middle because it's just the same thing over and over and over you know basically what happened in the first like two chapters because she tells you what happened 10 years ago and then it's just a rehash of it over and over we just keep doing it and the character hannah is always in a crisis mode she's always apologizing she always is misunderstanding she's always second guessing herself and you just get really frustrated with her as a character and you also don't understand why anybody likes April. <laughs> and so she keeps saying that April is her best friend, but April's awful. And so it's, it's another one of those. It kind of reminds me of I'll Never Tell from the last episode where I said I just didn't, by the end of the book, care. I didn't care who killed April. I didn't care why they killed April. I didn't care who made it out of the book alive. 
I just wanted it to be over. Um, I genuinely thought by the time I reached the midpoint that it had to be over soon, but it kept going. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is that it's just way too long. Um, I felt like she just didn't know Ruth Ware did not know how or when to end this book. And I think an editor really could have helped with that and said, you know, we can, we can end it here. So I, I'm not gonna, I can't recommend it because I just didn't think it was well done. I didn't think it was a good story. I thought it was pretty boring, honestly. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping this is just a one-off for Ruth Ware because again, like I said, I have really enjoyed her books. I would say, um, if you want to read a good Ruth Ware novel, The Woman in Cabin 10 is excellent. Also, The Turn of the Key is, um, also excellent story. So those are two Ruth Ware books that I would recommend. And then the last book in July is actually a reread because it's a book I read years and years ago, and that is The Story Girl by L.M. Montgomery. L.M. Montgomery wrote Anne of Green Gables and Emily of New Moon, and I had read this book along with every other book that L.M. Montgomery ever wrote <laughs> years ago when I was a kid, and I just remembered really liking it, and it was free on Kindle Unlimited, so I just decided to read it again. And it's just as enchanting as I remembered it being. It is about a group of children who get together over the summer at Prince Edward Island or on Prince Edward Island, where almost all of Ella Montgomery's stories are set. But the center of their little group is a girl they all call the Story Girl. And she is a little girl named Sarah Stanley. And you know at the beginning of the story, because the little boy who's writing the story, he's writing it as an adult looking back on the things that they did as children. And he kind of hints that she became a famous actress, but he knew her when, you know. And so this is when they are young and children, but everybody kind of knew she was going to be something. But the book is kind of equal parts, all of the adventures they get into, and then all of the little stories that she tells the kids and the adults. And those are also really charming. So, I mean, I've never been let down by an Ellen Montgomery book ever. So this is no exception. And so if you want to read a book that just makes you want to get outside and look at how beautiful everything is and just notice all of the little lovely moments that life has to offer, this is a book for you. So that is The Story Girl by Ellen Montgomery. The first book I read in August was The Worm in Every Heart by Gemma Files. And I've gone back and forth with whether I should actually even talk about this one because I don't recommend it at all. <laughs> and it's a short story collection of kind of dark, well, not kind of, they are dark stories, um, horror stories. But they're just gross. There's no other word for it. Like I'd be reading them and I would several times just be like, Ugh, like out loud. And I would almost give up on it. And then there would be one story that would be pretty good. And I'd be like, well, maybe I just gotten, you know, just a dud here. And then the next ones will be, because, you know, I don't always like every story in a short story collection, but this one is just not enjoyable to read. And the other thing is that I got the sense that the author is just super impressed with herself. Like, you feel like if you went out to dinner with her, she'd be the kind that would just use a lot of big words and talk about herself all of the time. And you would, you know, be giving your friends, you know, those rolling the eye looks or trying to give them the, can we get out of here? Or can you believe this person? Look, and I feel like if that comes through in an author's fiction, then that's a bad sign. 
I just, it wasn't an enjoyable book. So I just wouldn't recommend it. It's, it's again, it's just way too graphic with all of the details. And a lot of the stories don't make any sense. And I just, I can't recommend it. it. It's probably one of the only books, you know, I've really only read a handful of books in my life that I have really nothing good to say. And this is one of them. I just don't have any positive comments on this one. So yeah. The next book I'm just going to quickly touch on because I'm actually going to be doing an in-depth episode about it on Saturday. And it is Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. It was our book club choice. It took me a long time to get through it just because things got a little bit busy and I did not get a chance to read all of it as quickly as I wanted to. And so I finished it in August, at the beginning of August. And here's the thing. Like I said, it's a very good book. I really did enjoy it, but it is a lot more adult than I had thought it was going to be. So I'm just going to leave it at that. We will talk about it in depth again on Saturday. So if you want to find out what all of my thoughts were and all of our book club members' thoughts, uh, tune in on Saturday because we will talk about it then. Book number three was Greenwich Park by Katherine Faulkner. I really enjoyed this book. It is sort of a cat and mouse kind of mystery and that you're not really sure who is good and who is bad in the story. And there are unreliable narrators and unreliable characters. And I think that that is one of those plots that can easily go the wrong way. But Catherine Faulkner does a really good job of keeping all the balls in the air. And it just works well. So it is about a woman named Helen. And she is pretty wealthy. She lives in a gorgeous Victorian mansion. She has a lovely husband and she is expecting their first child and she goes to a prenatal class and at the last minute her husband can't come with her um he has something at work that comes up and so she feels a little bit awkward but then she strikes up a conversation with another woman there who is there by herself and her name is rachel and rachel is an unwed mother and she is very different from helen in that she is loud and brassy and she does all the things she's not supposed to do like drink and smoke and um she's a little unsettling, but Helen is drawn to her and she just thinks she's interesting. But then Rachel just kind of keeps popping up everywhere that Helen is going to the point where it can't be a coincidence. And Helen begins to get a little suspicious and paranoid and worried about what Rachel's intentions are. And she should be. That's all I sh That's all I'll say. And so it's just a really good story in, in the sense that you're not really sure exactly what's going on all the time, but in an enjoyable way. Like the tension is done well, so you're not frustrated, you're intrigued. And I think that's the best kind of a mystery. So that is Greenwich Park by Katherine Faulkner. Really enjoyed it. The next book I read in August is actually the second book club choice that I'm about to announce on Saturday. So I'm not going to say what it is here yet because I don't want to ruin the surprise. But I will say that it is a children's classic that I think your kids can read and you can read because I would like to have kids involved in this one as well. Um, but I think it's equally enjoyable for kids as much as it is for adults. And especially as an adult, when you reread it, if you read it as a kid, you get a lot more out of it this go around. So I'm really excited about it and I will announce that one on Saturday. The fifth book I read in August was The Other Side of Night by Adam Hamdy. This is a book that's kind of hard to categorize because when I first started reading it, I thought it was just a standard mystery. And then probably like halfway through, it became something completely different in the best way and the most surprising way. 
and it became a sci-fi story. And I really liked it. It's really well done. And I almost want to go back and read it again, knowing what I know now, to see if I would pick up on any of the clues this time, if I had you know, been thinking of it as more of a sci-fi novel in the beginning. But it is about a woman who, at the very beginning of the book, you find out was a police officer and a couple months ago, something had happened to her on the job and she has been asked to leave the police force and she feels that it was unfair. And she also had just been dumped by the man that she loved. And so she's in a really low place. And then she gets a book from a used bookstore and she finds a note in that book that said, he is trying to kill me. I don't want to die. And so she starts taking these clues and kind of starts this investigation on her own and finds out that it involves the guy that dumped her. He could possibly be someone who murdered somebody. And so the first half of the book is about her trying to figure out what happened to the person that left the note in that book. But then it goes in a completely different direction. And I don't want to spoil it by telling you what direction that is. But I genuinely was so pleasantly surprised by where that book ended up. So that is The Other Side of Night by Adam Hamdy. And if you just like a, an inspirational, feel-good thriller that ends in a way that makes you go, huh, this is a book for you. The next book was The Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce. This is a pretty straightforward mystery thriller, and I did enjoy it. Um, it is about a woman who is a police officer. She is currently on a leave of absence because her last case ended in a very traumatic way, and she just is not sure if she wants to go back. And she goes with her boyfriend to the Swiss Alps to a resort to meet her estranged brother who has just gotten engaged and he wants to have an engagement party at this former, <laughs> this is the only part that made me go, <laughs> it's, it was a, an insane asylum <laughs> that has been turned into a ski resort. So that, that was the only part of the book that made me go, does that, would that happen? Um, and so it's already kind of a sinister setting and, you know, she, the main character feels unsettled by all of it. And then people begin disappearing and very quickly you find that there is a murderer among the guests. You're not sure who it is. And the main character is not sure that it's not her own brother. And so it's an interesting story. And of course there's a snowstorm, they're snowed in and so they can't leave and they're trapped in this former mental asylum slash resort and they're trapped with a killer. So I enjoyed it. It's not the most original thing I've ever read, but it was um, pretty fast paced and I, I went through it pretty quickly. So if, it's just a good standard mystery. And so that is The Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce. And then the last book I read for the summer is one that just made me feel happy that I read it. And it's because I saw a TikTok about this, this book. And so the book is called The Stone Maidens, and it's by Lloyd Devereaux Richards. And I saw, and of course, I don't have TikTok because I refuse to do it, but I uh, watch all of the TikTok reels on Instagram. <laughs> 
like every other middle-aged person. But I saw this. It was a viral reel slash TikTok that was going around because this girl was talking about the fact that her dad had self-published a novel, I think years before, and nobody really bought it. And it was something that had really depressed him. And so she made this TikTok and was like, I would love it if you would just go and get my dad's book on Amazon. And this TikTok went viral and people bought so many books that it went to the top of the bestseller list. And so she filmed like, you know, a video showing her dad that his book had gone to the top of the bestseller list and he was just thrilled. And since then, I believe he's actually gotten a book contract and has written a sequel. So the book, The Stone Maidens, is a thriller. It is about an FBI agent in pursuit of a serial killer in um, a small town. And there, there are portions of it. I read it really just because I wanted to support this guy. Um, and it was it was free on Kindle Unlimited. I think it still is. And there are portions of it that I was like, you can tell that it is somebody who is writing a self-published book. But honestly, there's real talent <laughs> in this guy's writing. And for him to have written this by himself without really any input from editors or from, you know, agents and, and big big house publishers... I think he did a great job. It was a really good mystery. I did not know the ending. And there's a twist that I thought was really well done and well executed. And there were a few things that I was like, well, I don't think that would happen or probably could have, you know, not done it that way. But for the most part, I was pleasantly surprised. And it made me happy to know that I'm reading a book that someone who really wanted to be an author and made that dream happen. And, you know, self-publishing, is a lot of work. My sister has now published a book herself and she is about to publish another one. And, you know, it's, it's not easy to do. And so I'm glad that I could support in a small way his endeavor. So again, if you would like to read it, it is Stone Maidens by Lloyd Devereaux Richards. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to part two of our summer book roundup. And remember, on Saturday, I will also be releasing another episode, which is an in-depth discussion and review of the book Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld, which is our first book club pick. So if you would like to listen to that, I would love to have you tune in. Thanks, as always, for following and subscribing and telling your friends and family about the podcast. It means so much to me. If you have a second to get on Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that makes me so happy. It just helps other people find the podcast. If you would like to find me on Instagram, it is super easy. I am at Resting Church Face. I hope you have a fantastic week and let's get together again soon.